Hello, I'm your host, Masao. I'm a producer at an indie studio, Cut to Bits, and this is What Else Do You Do? Today, our guest is Stephanie. Please introduce yourself. Hey, I'm Stephanie. I'm a user experience designer for AAA video games in Montreal. I currently work on Dead by Daylight at Behavior. Uh, my background's in game design and QA. I started working in video game development as a tester around seven years ago now. And uh, I'd say that nowadays my design work focuses on usability and accessibility. So uh, anything from game and menu flows, user interface, but also features like colorblind mode and testing screens for epilepsy triggers and such. That's really awesome. So you recently just started over there, right? Is it is I it did. very exciting to be on a spooky game? Because uh, I can tell that you... Your uh, aesthetic is definitely spooky leaning. <laughs> it's, it's been a dream of mine for a while. I've only been there for three weeks now, but it's so exciting. Like, I never worked on that type of game before uh, with that type of vibe, you know, like very scary stuff. And it's really, really exciting. It, it was a perfect fit, I think. <laughs> that's that's really awesome. I'm, I'm really glad to see people who are happy in their uh, in their niche because it's hard, you know, like... Yeah, there's the games that you want to play and the games that you get to make are not necessarily going to be the same. So, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I love everything scary, but even um, even scary games like Dead by Daylight, I didn't play it much. Like I watched a lot of streams, but I didn't play because I got too scared. Like actively playing it is different than watching it, you know. So it's really, really cool to be able to work on it now. It's completely different. Yeah, that's super. but we're not going to talk about work today. Uh, this podcast is called What Else Do You Do? So what else do you do? Well, uh, I collect and make displays out of dead stuff. <laughs> so yeah, basically I buy uh, craft-grade animal bones, skulls, taxidermy pieces, which I then put together in different types of displays. So I mount them on plagues with floral arrangements or shadow boxes, jars, and other different types of display. What does craft grade mean? So craft grade is so usually when you buy a taxidermy pieces and bones, they'll be like all already restored and complete. So no pieces are missing, uh, no cracks in them. They're not damaged or anything. Craft grade is um, bones and uh, taxidermy animals that aren't perfect, I would say. Uh, perfect in the sense, like ready to display and put there and uh, everything is super pretty about it. So craft grade could be like not a full skull, but just like a skull top or like missing some teeth, uh, stuff like that. Okay. I like giving what? them a second life, to be honest. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, so yeah. what what got you into collecting bones and other dead things? Uh, honestly, I've always been really into uh scary things i think uh it's it's gonna sound like a therapy appointment but it's probably uh starting from i was a really anxious kid like i was terrified of death and i don't know why because i haven't experienced anything like that as a kid uh any like death close to me but i was super scared of dying all the time and i have no idea where it comes from so i don't know but it just made me like grow up and become like an edgy teenager obsessed with death, you know, but uh, living with my parents in a small town, I didn't really have money to buy uh, bones and scary stuff like that. Uh, but I was always interested in it and fascinated by it. Uh, and then I moved out of my parents, I started having money and I started buying the scary things that my mom didn't want to have in her basement. You know, uh, It's really how it started, uh, started buying bones and just like restoring them and playing around with them just out of curiosity, really. 
I'm, sort I'm of, super jealous because it, it, uh, <laughs> I would I would love to have a bunch of dead things, but I have a small child, and uh, I get that. I yeah, I'm not sure if she would be totally down with a bunch of skeletons. I don't know. You she know might what? be cool. Like she you like uh, during Halloween, she gets really excited and she names like the skeletons and like plays oh. plays with them. So I think it's a good opportunity, you know, because for me as as a former really anxious child and now anxious adult, it was sort of a coping mechanism, you know? Uh, And I think it's really good, like, especially for a kid to just, you know, introduce that idea that death isn't gross and bad and morbid, but to be a bit more death positive, it really helps um, to accept that, like, at some point we all end up there, you know? For me, it's really helpful for that. Yeah, I could see that. Um, so where do you get these things? Like, do you, like, do, are there, are there bone merchants? Like, there that are. seems like a, <laughs> that seems like something you would find in like Monster Hunter or something. <laughs> so I think now this is the time where I need to make clear that I don't go out and kill animals. I actually buy them, uh, from an ethically and sustainably source. So it's not a. That, that does make me feel better. Like, I, I, I think it's really important to put it, it out It would there. be. Yeah, it would be really awkward moment to find out that, yeah, like, I trapped cats in the alley. Oh, God, no. I love animals so much. It's really important to me to be respectful to them. So mostly, um, as I said, like, they're all ethically and sustainably sourced um, from... Uh, I, I buy from this place in, in Toronto. It's called Skull Store. I buy mostly from them. They're officially part of the Natural History Center of Toronto. So, uh, yeah, they have a really big collection and they sell a lot and they buy a lot from collectors too. So I mostly get them from there. I say mostly because sometimes, uh, people will, uh, contact me and be like, Hey, I have a dead cat. Do you want it? And that happened once actually. It's not, um, it was like a whole dead cat. Like not, not a, not like just the bones, the entire dead cat, but like just a skeleton. So oh, okay. What <laughs> I happened? thought you meant like this cat is dead. What do you can you do no. something with it? That's honestly okay. That's honestly something I want to do at some point because you can absolutely uh do that on your own. There are different techniques uh from burial with insects or then after like with different types of acid, you can absolutely do that. There are um ethical ways to do it. That's not something I've done yet because um, I don't think people who live in my condo unit would love me very much, but that's definitely a project I have from when I for when I buy a house. But no, no. the cat. I think it helps are... to have a yard to be able to like bury yes. an animal. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You can't just go to a park and do that. Uh, but even like with all the products like acid and stuff, you need to be outside for yeah. sure. Um, no, the cat actually I got from, so this friend messaged me because he knew I was really into that stuff. And he messaged me and he's like, Hey, we haven't talked since high school, but I have a dead cat for you. And I'm like, Hey, that's great. Um, he got it. <laughs> he got it. Because... <laughs> that's really amazing. That like, <laughs> yeah, but people I mean, are like, you know what, what can I do with this dead cat? Oh, Stephanie. Oh, Steph yeah, is into that shit. Yeah, definitely. No, he, he messaged me because he works on, um, like TV and movie shoots like here in Quebec. And he got a bunch of bones from this private uh, importation from Europe, from this private, uh, from this collector who had a private collection. He imported them because they needed full, uh, full cat and animal skeletons to bury for a TV shoot. Okay. So he just got them to me. Yeah. Yeah. As props to do like a fake pet cemetery. Well, 
technically real pet cemetery. So it got it to me. I cleaned it up. Like it took a while because it was really, really dirty and just put the whole thing together. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. It's really cute. I, I, I put the whole thing together and it looks really nice. It's like standing and just chilling in my living room. That's really cool. <laughs> Do you also have other taxidermy or just, just mostly bones? Um, I have right, the latest one I've done was um, a round uh, intermediate round leaf bat. It's a bat from Indonesia. This one, uh, it, it was like already like it came already like suspended. Yeah, it had a few like um, like it wasn't per- in perfect condition, so I put it in the shadow box with some uh, dried flowers in it. So that one's okay. really pretty. There are a few pieces of taxidermy I but want, like, but um, okay. So that's that's like a, you have the it's a stuffed bat. It, yeah, yeah. Basically, it's a stuffed bat. It's a yeah. I'd I'd like to have more, but it's a constant battle with my partner, who's not a big fan of this. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a bit hard. The cat yeah, is I, already I could, a lot. I can see that's that that could be a. <laughs> If uh, if you're not uh, aligned on that, I, I could see how this could be a yeah. a bit of a challenging hobby. Yeah, even the cat, like it spent the bones spent. Uh, I would say a solid three weeks on my kitchen table, uh, because because I had to um, to um, articulate all of it with the uh, um, copper wire and uh, fishing wire and uh, hot glue and stuff. So it, it took a while, and it spent a lot of time. On my on my kitchen table, and he wasn't a big fan of that. But yeah, yeah, I I could see how that that could creep people out <laughs> for sure, for sure. I I respect that. <laughs> it's fine. Um, okay, so this is where we pivot to somehow to video games. But um, yeah, <laughs> um, what do you think? Uh, what do you get out of collecting um bones and taxidermy that you don't from making video games? Uh, this is a hard one. Honestly, I, I think that's the only thing that I actually do for myself. Um, so what I mean by that is that, you know, with user experience, uh, I'm always wondering what the player wants and needs to play the game the most comfortable way possible. Right. And sometimes that means that what what I think would be best, like in quotation marks, best for an interface, for example, is not necessarily what the player wants or needs, you know, so I have to adapt a lot. Um, but with bones and stuff like that, I can just like, I have a certain artistic liberty that I don't necessarily have with the type of, uh, design I do for work, but at the same time, there's still some constraints because it's really important to me to remain respectful to the animal. So like, it's, I don't know, it's different, but it's kind of the same. Also, it's a really hard question, that one, but yeah. Well, let's, let's expand on that. So, but yeah, I know I could totally understand that. I mean, UX design is definitely, a it's very subservient to player behavior and player yeah. desires. So I could see how like compared to a lot of other forms of design or other aspects of game development, it's not about like what you want. So I can, I can definitely see how like having like a creative output where it's really kind of you and, and you're the, you're the only person, right? Because like the, yeah. the animal's dead. So <laughs> yeah, you're, you're really the only, uh, only presence in that space. So I could see how that, that would be a, a, a big change of pace to UX design. Yeah. But like at the same time, I, I really want to be respectful to the animal, you know, like I, I don't want to, I don't know. I, I don't want to just play around with it and 
You, you don't want to do the do like lacquered frogs from uh, oh from uh, Mexico that are drinking little Coronas. Gosh, okay, those are they're funny. They're really funny, but I don't know if I could do that. I don't know. I don't know if I would feel like. Is it bad? I, I, I don't I know. Can't, I, I, I mean, can't I, form I, an I, opinion I, on that. I I don't know. I, I wouldn't say it's terribly respectful to the animal, <laughs> <laughs> but they're so cute. They're so funny yeah. looking. I, I try as much as I can to do that in a respectful manner. But what does that mean for you, though? Like to hmm. present them as they are, or like to present them with respect? Like, like for example, like could you like let's say like a take like a stuffed mouse and like put a put a little like uh, doll dress on it? Would that be considered respectful or not? You know what? That's funny because it's. One project that I really want to do with taxidermy mice, actually, um, I I wanted to put together this kind of, and it goes a bit against what I just said, but I'm, I'm still trying to figure out how I feel about this. But I, I wanted to put together this kind of religious scene, you know, like a little, maybe like hostel at the front and just like with the mouse, like as a tiny a, a priest. A sacrilegious scene, you mean? Yeah. yeah you know, like I, I want to do something like that because I thought it would be really cute. Um, I think for me, respect is not just like, like, yes, presenting them as they are, not necessarily making them like, I think it's just really taking care of them and like cleaning them and making sure they're, they look proper, just not letting them just decay and look bad, you know, but I don't think that dressing them up is necessarily offensive. I think it's good to give them a second life, you know? So it's about like, so it's about respecting respecting the remains as a as a as an entity rather than necessarily the 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 life uh, the the animal that it was before yeah because you see even with even with just death in general that's something that we do a lot like as humans like we dress up our dads after and we want always want them to look proper you know like um to go see them once they're dead so you put makeup on them you put clothes on them like that's not necessarily what they would look like uh, when they were living, like it's, we know that most of the time what morticians have to work with, uh, it's, it, it's not super easy to make, to make the dead look as they look when they were alive, you know? So you're kind of disguising them a bit and dressing them up just to make them presentable. And to me, that's a bit like that. We have a, a weird relation, um, with death as a society, I feel. And this is, this is very Western and North American culture, but, uh, yeah, I think it's something we already do. Is there like a like a like a community of like taxidermists and do do you dis- discuss this sort of the ethics yeah. of presenting animals? Yeah, absolutely. Uh there's quite a big community on Reddit actually. Um both for taxidermy and bones. Uh so people will uh, show what they're doing like sometimes are uh, just hey, I I found this skull while I was hiking in the woods. Can you identify it for me? And such um it's a bit hard to find uh, classes, for example, for, for taxidermy, like, so t- to learn how to do it. So we have to learn a lot on the internet, which can mm-hmm. be really tricky because, yeah, <laughs> you still want to do it correctly and still be respectful, but you're still playing with dead stuff. So it's kind of hard. But uh, yeah, there's quite a big community for that, actually. Let's uh, flip the question over. Um, what do you think... Um being a collector of bones and and arranger and presenter of of uh, of dead things uh, brings to you as a game developer. Like, how do you think it impacts your output or process? Um, you know, I think uh, 
people would assume that it's the creepy, spooky aspect of it that inspires me since I currently work on a horror game, right? But it's it's really not it. Uh, to me, the taxidermy bones calls, um, it's not something that I consider dark and scary anymore. So I try to be really dead positive, And to me, that means see, not seeing dead things as gross and unnatural, right? So I think the main thing both taxidermy and user experience have in common uh, wow, that's a brand new sentence. <laughs> uh, it's a, it's certainly the empathy aspect of it. So I need to be able to see things from a perspective that isn't necessarily mine when designing interfaces and layouts, right? So I don't know. I just need to think like what would be uh, respectful for the animal, for example, but also uh, what would the person playing this game want? It's it, it's really just like putting yourself in the other person's shoes or paws for the animals you know that's that's yeah I, I i really didn't know what i was expecting from that question because uh <laughs> um, compared to yeah compared to <laughs> compared to everybody else like this is such a well it's very different yeah um you know i say that but every every single person i've interviewed has been pretty pretty different um the order you, is pretty interesting yeah. because the last person i interviewed is was actually a veterinary nurse Oh wow! So there's there's kind of a <laughs> animal animal connection uh, for the last two episodes, but um, but you really made me thought about it. Like honestly, it's not something I really thought about before, and it made me realize a bunch of things um, about how I feel, both about death and user experience. So it's really really interesting. Well, they're they're clearly both very important things in your life. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so let's go to the last question, which is, uh, what is something you would like people to know about um, bones and taxidermy that uh, they wouldn't know unless uh, they're part of the community? Um, I think that's something that's really uh, important to most people, and and that's fear is, I I swear it's not gross. (laughs) Please, like everything is ethically and sustainably sourced. I'm sure some of it's gross. (laughs) Well, uh, I mean... Define gross because it's okay. Yeah, natural things can be gross, but I feel like everybody has different limits. But it's important uh, yeah. to push your own limits, you know. And like, yeah, I, I love to cook, and um, I, I think butchering seems fascinating. But yeah, I'm not sure if I could really like stomach like you know, gutting a like a deer or a pig. Oh no, for sure no. So no. I, I guess that's what I mean by <laughs> some of yeah. it must be gross. I mean, it's kind of ironic because I was a vegan for a long time. And I don't like thinking of animals being hurt, you know, but still, like, now that they're dead, I would like them to have a nice afterlife, you know, not that I necessarily believe in whatever that kind of stuff. But I don't know, I, I think it's just important to for people to know that it it's not necessarily I mean, gross. I mean, the bones are still around, so I, I yeah, think that's exactly. not necessarily spirituality, like the yeah. life as, as a as a post-mortem carcass yeah. i guess still absolutely it's, uh, it's not up to debate that they, <laughs> they continue to exist <laughs> no and I, I feel like that's something that like people tend to overlook like well all they they're just animals but like think about humans we do that too eh? like now with them um, i feel like probably since like the 20s 30s like with the with the medicalization of death i would say like you know people used to die at home so like not seeing a corpse was different back then like you would 
see your dead around like they would just be there people would die at home but now it's something that's hidden like it's an, like you go to the hospital and you die there right yeah. but we still think it's important to see them after like it's something that we need to uh be able to grieve so why is it different with animals like why don't we want to see it once they're gone you know like i i'm not saying i would like taxidermy my grandma and put her in my living room you know but <laughs> that that would be pretty extreme yeah let's not do that <laughs> But yeah, I just think but it's. I think it would. Too. I think it would. Uh, <laughs> it would upset a lot of people. <laughs> it would. It, it definitely would. But I do think that it's important to. Um, I don't know. Try to convince people to be a bit more death positive and try to learn more about it and see it as a curiosity. Really, like it's not. It, it's not necessarily morbid. And the more we engage with it, the more it's going to be normalized. And I think it's going to be easier to grieve after that for a lot of people. Yeah, so I'm Japanese, and yeah. um, I was born and raised there. And in Japan, actually, it's very common for when when people die. I mean, nowadays people die mostly in hospitals, but uh, they bring the dead body home. Oh wow! And yeah, they they do this th- they do this thing called otsuya, where they the the body spends the night at the hmm. house. And then, uh, and then they go and cremate it. And they also don't, uh, they don't preserve um, the bodies either because they get cremated. And they also uh, have funerals very quickly because of it. Sometimes a, it gets yeah. complicated because like it's in the summer and like there are certain days you're not supposed to have funerals because yeah, like the Japanese have all these like days. It's, it's like days of the week, but it has like, it's like tied to like, there's like good days and bad days and, like there's certain days that you're not supposed to have like weddings and etc. But uh, right. But yeah, barring that, they tend to have uh, uh, funerals as quickly as possible. Yeah, I feel like embalming is a very Western phenomenon, and I don't know. It's uh, well, it mostly comes like from a time of war when soldier would die and not be uh, brought back to their families like ASAP. So they would offer like to embalm them to preserve them for like a longer time. So no. it's always been a thing, you know, just like preserving the dead and like being around death, but not that much. Like it has to be clean and it has to be like really medicalized. Like it can't be too dirty and gross, you know, like we have a really weird relationship with death, I feel as a society. And that's something I find really, really interesting. Oh. Are there any uh, final notes you would like to uh Yeah, to if you have bones to give to someone, <laughs> I'm always a taker. No, um but seriously it's a it's a really fascinating community and uh i'm i'm really glad i got the ex- the uh, i'm sorry it's a really fascinating community and i'm really glad you gave me the opportunity to talk about it a bit more and put it out there because i know it's not like super mainstream yet i i just want to make sure that we're presenting uh <laughs> different things because i frankly it's uh, i find it to be fascinating so yeah but uh thank you very much and uh have a lovely day well thank you for having me Thank you for listening, and please rate and subscribe on your preferred podcast app. Thank you to Dave Wallace for providing music for this and every episode. Thank you to Therese Lance for providing the logo. Bye.